This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, real lifers. Welcome to episode 111. I have the lovely Kirsty Moore joining me for this week's episode. Listening to our interview back, she is just so incredible, and I realize I'm a little low energy. And so I know there's been a lot of crazy news <laughs> going on, and I feel like there is new news breaking every few minutes. Uh, but one of the things that happened this week um, is that Chrissy Teigen and John Legend announced that they had a stillborn. And I was very, very moved by Chrissy and John's um, showcasing of their grief because so many people suffer in silence and are ashamed to share their struggles. And so inspired by the honesty and the raw emotion that they shared with us, I wanted to share something with you guys, which might explain why I sound a little different this week. Now, before I explain myself, I in no way want to draw any comparisons between my current situation and experience and, you know, having a miscarriage or losing a baby. It is definitely not the same thing. I was just inspired by the level of honesty um, with which they have talked about their, their struggles. Okay, so here it goes. Earlier this year in February, I went to a doctor's appointment to see if I could freeze my eggs. I have always wanted to be a mom. And I was like, you know what? I'm 35. My you know, window is starting to close. I know a couple people who've frozen their eggs. And it seems like a good insurance policy if I needed to do IVF down the line. So those of you who've gone through fertility treatments and testing know that there's different hormone levels, um, and one of those numbers is called the AMH, and it tells you your ovarian reserve, um, how many eggs you have left, basically. And it turns out that my number was undetectable. It was zero. And that was very shocking. I was basically told at this appointment that there was a chance that it was artificially low because I had been on birth control, but it usually isn't this artificially low and that I likely would not be able to have biological children. And this is just a really hard thing for, I think, anyone to hear. You know, um, there's I'm very open to adoption or using a donor egg or 
things like that. But just hearing that an option is potentially off the table is um, shocking and very painful. And um, I felt really like ashamed and upset at my body, like that it failed me or something. Anyway, the, the doctor tells me, well, what I recommend is getting off birth control immediately and we'll retest you in six months and see if any of those numbers budge. But I don't want you to get your hopes up. Um, and then they put me in this this room <laughs> alone with a box of tissues um, in case I was not clear as to how bad this doctor's appointment had gone. <laughs> it's like, great. And there's just been a lot going through my mind. And, you know, when do I share this information? Like with dating, you know, it's like, hey, my name is Mandy. I have this Bravo podcast. Sometimes I suffer from debilitating anxiety. My mom's dead. Oh, and I might be barren. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like very overwhelming. So anyway, some time has passed. I've gotten retested and I do have a low ovarian reserve, but there is still a chance potentially to freeze my eggs. But I may have to go through the process multiple times, have canceled cycles. Um, it's pretty overwhelming. So I'm in the middle of one of those cycles, seeing if I can freeze a few eggs and um, giving myself lots of shots and hormones. And it's been tough. It's It's been tough. Anyway, I never plan to share any of this publicly. Um, I haven't even told some of my friends. I just feel like talking about it is better than not talking about it. And I feel better sharing what's going on rather than holding it in. Um, so shout out to all the people out there who've experienced infertility or had to go through giving yourself shots and IVF or, you know, whatever have you. Um, it's not fun. And I see you and I appreciate um, your struggle. Whew. So maybe that explains why I was so upset about Dorinda's turkey baster comment. Anyway, I have a fantastic guest this week. Kirsten Moore from the Reality TV and Me podcast joins me. We talk about the epic fight between Candace and Monique um, and just all of our thoughts and reactions to it, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City trailer and saying bye to the Real Housewives of New York. Hope you guys enjoy. And as always, I love hearing from you. Um, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Give it a good rating if you want. It'll make me smile. And um, you can always find me on Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast and love hearing from you guys. So hope you all have a good week. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Kirsty Moore. She is joining me from Down Under. How is tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Look, the future is uh, bleak. <laughs> <laughs> know, just as bleak as today. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> my. From here. <laughs> Can you see the dumpster fire that is America right now, all the way from Australia? Look, we can. I'm. I didn't watch the debate. I thought, look, I already preach like fuck the patriarchy once or twice an episode already, and um, the watching these elderly white men just 
scream at each other is going to make my mental health go downhill. And I'm already trapped in severe lockdown. So I thought, look, I'm just going to isolate myself away from that news today and cuddle my cat in my bed. And that's what I did. I watched like an entire season of Potomac and I felt fine. You know, you catch things on the socials. I know the gist of what's going on, um, but I am trying trying to look after myself because if I watch that stuff, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, no, everyone really does have to take care of themselves right now. And watching Potomac is one of the best things, the best acts of self-care a person can do. <laughs> Before we get into this week's Potomac and just your thoughts in general, because you're new to Potomac, I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the latest Bravo drama and headlines that we've been seeing. Mm -hmm. So have you seen NeNe kind of going off the rails, freaking out about Andy Cohen, shading Wendy Williams, who, to be fair, shaded her first? (laughs) What do you think of all that? Oh my God, Nene has has gone full Nene. Like she is, this to me is the, exactly what happens when a narcissist is cut off. Yep. Like we all know that a lot of these women are narcissists on, on the housewives. That's why they make such great TV. But um, this is, she's like the epitome. This is like, and the same with, um, with Vicky. When she got cut off, this is what happens. You know, they are all sunshine and roses and amazing when they are on screen and when they're on tap on that, like, validation tap. Um, it's like a drug to them. And when they're cut off, they go full nay-nay. And this is what happens. And she can't cope. You can see, like, there's videos of her crying. She's breaking down. She's lashing out. That is uh, an an somebody with narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, allegedly on couch, you know, <laughs> prescribing here. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens when they get cut off. And it's, it's real. It's gnarly. It's pretty, pretty rough. Um, it's definitely narcissistic rage. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, have you watched the or seen the Lala and Sheena drama? It's about a week old now. Uh, I saw some of them, their conversations on, on Twitter. Is this what you mean? Yeah, so Lala's pregnant, and I don't think she's really been very thoughtful about Sheena, who went through mm. a miscarriage. And there was an allegation that when Lala was in Palm Springs, where Sheena lives, a part of the time at least, she Sheena called her and was like, can you come over? Brock is in here. I'm, you know, having a panic attack. I'm not doing well. And Lala basically didn't and ended up spending the evening with Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly at dinner instead of like just stopping by Sheena's. And I mean, in Lala's defense, she says that Sheena always has an expectation for her friends and they can never meet it. And I, I guess I could see that because they're like, that's why she has a new best friend every week. And that's why she circles and cycles through friends. At the same time, you could be thoughtful to your friend that's going through a very heartbreaking and scary and devastating experience, you know? Yeah, I mean, that is just typical Lala to me. She's very self-absorbed and you know, she 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 kind of wears it as a badge of honor and she doesn't 
she really annoys me as um, a, as an example of a recovering addict because she, to me, she's still very much in a, her addiction. And <clears throat> excuse me, she's what we would call like dry drunk. Like oh, yeah, you said this. So have I said? Have I said this before? There you go. She's still so like actively um, destructive, both to herself and to other people. But because she's not physically picking up a drink she thinks that she can like be holier than thou it really annoys me and then you know behaviors like letting down a friend that you've been friends with for years to hang out with Megan Fox like (laughs) that's a really good example of just how selfish she really is I have felt for Sheena a lot lately because it's not just Lala it's Darcy it's Brittany like these bitches be pumping out babies um obviously like with their iso time they've just been swinging from the chandeliers you know legs in the air trying to get pregnant and poor sheena she's somebody who's actually been really honest about wanting a child for a long time she's been freezing her eggs we've seen all this and finally gets pregnant and then loses it that is a really devastating experience and I can't imagine what it's like for her going online every day seeing these three basic bitches holding their little bum like oh look at me I mean look I hate that shit anyway I'm such a nasty (laughs) cow when it comes to pregnancy photo shoots but I can just imagine the devastation if you are the sole person in that world who isn't able to do that and isn't able to join that that group and that like that pregnancy party when it's all you desperately want. Yeah. I mean, it'll be immaculate conception the day <laughs> Katie gets pregnant because we know that she hasn't slept with her husband in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's definitely triggering to see how easily they, they got pregnant, you know, for many people. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that Sheena reached out to Stasi when, uh, or Stasi reached out to Sheena, whatever it was with the miscarriage, and they've been talking a lot. And then um, Brittany apparently told Sheena early on in her pregnancy so that she wouldn't be shocked by it if she made it, mm. you know, farther along um, and let her know even before she was going public with it. And, mm. you know, invited to the gender reveal. We're not going to get into the, how stupid those gender reveals are, but. Um, you know, it, it's nice to know that Stassi and Brittany have been thinking of Sheena, even if, you mm-hmm. know, they're not all best friends with her. Uh, but to see how, like, Lala just completely disregards <laughs> Sheena I, is... I mean, look, I wish I was shocked. I'm not surprised at all, sadly. Oh, those people. And then the last thing is, I've pointed this out on Instagram, but... Uh, I'm sure you're semi-familiar with the madness in the U.S. that is QAnon. I know it has spread a little Mm -hmm. bit elsewhere, but it's this crazy conspiracy theory where people think that there's um, a network of people in Hollywood and I don't even know in politics and whatever, and they eat children. They're pedophiles that eat take children's blood and it literally is like an old Hey, I hadn't heard that part (laughs) yeah to like get I don't know I don't know why they need the blood it's like so they can become more youthful and powerful and all of that and they're they're all pedophiles right and this kind of goes back to in Europe you know anti-semitism there was a blood libel where um, there was this rumor um, this conspiracy theory that Jews used Christian babies blood to make matzah 
And it's oh this God. goes like right back to it, right? And the needing of the blood. And people think Chrissy Teigen is very uh, involved in this. And she's this top pedophile because she used to tweet about toddlers and tiaras. Okay. And wow. <laughs> she had a very public um, miscarriage or I think it was the stillborn. She had yeah. to give birth to the, the child um, that did not make it due to a complication in her pregnancy. And, you know, there's these people who are like, this is faked, or she got what she deserved because of all the children that she's hurt and things like that. Okay, one of the women who traffics these conspiracy theories, they also think Donald Trump is the only person doing anything about human trafficking. We'll not deal with that right now. Um, Is this woman named Liz... um, Oh my God, what's her last name? Crokin? Liz Liz Crokin, I think. And she is on Instagram. And there are two housewives that were following her, Monique and Emily Simpson. And she got kicked off Instagram yesterday. And she came back with a different name, Lizzie Crokin. And guess who followed her within just a few hours of her changing her username? Emily Simpson. What is going on here? Emily follows more than one person that talks about QAnon. And this woman is a QAnon conspiracy theorist. She has an Etsy shop where she sells QAnon gear. It's it's wild. What, what is the QAnon gear? Like, how do you drain a child? <laughs> they have like a, like, a, like a saying, where we go one, we go all. They have things with Q on it. Um, they believe, yeah, they're like, do your research. You're not seeing anything. Anyone that goes along with the mainstream media, quote unquote, who's like Chrissy Teigen actually just lost a baby. She's not a child eater. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, you're sheep. You know, <laughs> like it's like, open oh, your oh eyes. I have it's wild. So much of this. Um, this is insane. Like, I, I'm sure I've been catching little snippets of this on the radio, just as I'm like driving and stuff. So not really paying attention. I had no idea how deep this went. Yeah. And Emily Simpson, I'm like, I'm so confused because she seems like one of the good guys. You know? Right. Right. So I think what it goes down to, what it comes down to is there's a lot of people that care about human and child trafficking, right? And what QAnon Mm. has done is it's taken a real issue that impacts kids in the US and around the world and made it see, and they've like found people who care about child trafficking and then they draw you in that way. And not everyone like thinks about, you know, um, the blood stuff. But they do think that there's a lot more pedophiles out there, that trafficking is happening in communities where it's not really happening that much. Like in your really fancy Orange County gated community, there are not that many children being trafficked. It's actually more vulnerable children. So it's just wild. But um, there's a whole movement of women in Orange County. And they, like, are all kind of conspiracy theorists. Well, it's very easy to be a conspiracy theorist when you are extremely privileged, you live in a gated community, you're white, you're rich, you know, all of these things. So I guess that makes sense, but far out. Isn't it wild? So I am pretty disappointed in her for following someone that would get kicked off social media. You know what it takes to get kicked off Instagram? You have to be like that, such a garbage and dangerous person. 
Or you have to show a nipple. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Okay, well, let's get dive into this week's Potomac and just in general. So you're new to Potomac. You just binged it. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, mm-hmm. initial thoughts. Okay, so I had been putting off watching it. I do this. I don't know why I do this. Every season with Potomac and what, what is this five now? This yeah, this is season five. See, it still feels so new to me and I think that's part of it. I don't know. I, I always put it off and I put it off and I put it off and then I just watch it all when all my other like favorites have finished. So we've just finished New York. We've finished Beverly Hills and I get like that little itch of where are my housewives? But I never look forward to it. It's kind of like the whole New Jersey of it all, you know? And um, then I get into it and then I just cannot stop and I watch the entire season over two days. So I don't know what it is about it that doesn't grab me in the same way. I think I only really like Karen and Monique and I know Monique is like, I'm not really supposed to say that now, given what's just happened. No, you but like we go what you like, whole, you know? I like, you know. I like what I like, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, given the entire season, there's not there's not that many characters I like, you know? I, I find Giselle really contrived, even though I started off thinking I would really like her. Ashley's delusion is intriguing, but I don't particularly like her as a person. Candace can go fuck herself, but <laughs> I just can't stand her. But I cannot get, I could, I could honestly just watch the Karen show all day. And so I think that that's why I put it off. And then once I get into it, I'm like, yes, I'm in. Give me all of this. Drunk Karen. Oh my God. I want her to be my best friend. I adore Karen. I love her so mm-hmm. much. What's interesting. So I've been watching you know, when they air. And so you have so much time in between that I almost mm. forgot that I didn't like Candace and I didn't like Ashley. Like yeah. I forgot. Yeah. And this season I'm like, oh, Ashley with baby <laughs> Dean. And she's being so vulnerable and showing us so much. And, you know, Candace is annoying, but, you know, we love her. And <coughs> it's so funny. It's like I totally forgot. And I loved Monique and Karen. Like, absolutely loved them. And then this season, I am not feeling Monique. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I just forget, you know, how I yeah. feel. I know. And look, that's, that is typical of all of their housewives, I think. You know, there's, there's, there are those like Ramona who we've seen every, she's been in every single episode of New York for the last, what, 12, 15, however many years. It seems like a lifetime. And, um, you know, by then you're like, okay, you're a garbage person. But this early-ish stage, we're still getting to know them. It does take time. And then there's, there's kind of these, ch- they change their, everyone changes and wavers a little bit throughout the seasons. And I don't know, that's why I love the housewives because whoever one person is in one season, they're a completely different person the next or in five seasons time, you know, things change and, I just love it. People always win me back. They do. Now, so this episode starts out with the fight. And I I knew they were going to show us the whole thing. I didn't realize how long it would be. So, know. you know, you see um, like Monique flipping Candace's hair and you're like, oh, no, oh, no. You know something's going to go down. 
Um, and then when she holds on to Candace's hair, so Sasha from the Bravo breakdown counted and she said it was 35 seconds. Wow. That is a long time to be having a death grip on someone's hair and then having yeah. how many producers were there like five, six, like pulling her off saying, please, Monique, let go, Monique, you know, and she was just not letting go. And that was terrifying to watch. It was just scary. It was like, we've never seen something like that, like you say, go for so long, ever in Housewives history, 15 freaking years. And I just remember thinking like, yeah, she, she's in a, like a, a blind rage right now. Mm-hmm. She is just not going to let go. And she's going to have to have her claws like pried off with like a bear, you know, clenching that jaw shut. It's just like, no, I'm, this is my prey. You're not getting it. And I felt really sorry for Candace, even though I don't like her, because she kind of, you could see at first she was like fighting back, trying to resist. And then she kind of just shut down, like went into that like safety mode, like of preservation. She kind of just was like, right, I'm, you know, I have to like hold on to my hair, you know, and just like stay still. That's how I read it anyway. And no, that's let how everyone I saw else do too. the work around me. And that like, that really freaked me out because it was like it changed from being a dramatic TV situation to being, okay, this is a real safety situation. Totally. And to see, and the first thing she says, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. It was like, she was trying to convince herself she was okay. Mm. And then when they separated Monique and they moved her into a different room and they shut the door and they wouldn't even let Karen in, like they knew that she was so heated that they couldn't even let her near the other women. And that is and a she tried scary to place. Pry the door open. She was like trying. she was trying to get. Oh, that was scary as fuck. And I like I I see this in Monique. I think she has deep anger issues because oh, she is kind of explosive in that way. It just comes out, but it never comes out as like middle grade kind of anger. It's always full blown rage. And I know from personal experience. With my deep inner rage, it's like there's no build-up to it. When it's ready to come out, it just fucking explodes. And, look, I've never tried to grab anyone's weave off their head, but fuck me. Like, that was some scary shit. She was in it. And even when we see her talking about it later, it's like she doesn't really remember it. You know, she had full had rage blackout. Yeah, I don't know how well she remembers the... Um, like that 35 second situation you can see like Wendy tried to move her hands in between to sort of try and separate the two before it got really physical and I think Giselle like not pushed Monique but like tapped her shoulder trying to push her back I think Monique feeling anything on her body any touch anything just immediately like caused her to freak out and lash out Mm. and um, you know then later you see the wine glass um you know Mm. fall and you know hit her and and things like that but that wasn't until after the fight had started and then of course you know candace because she's candace has to shout 
you're a ghetto-ass, hood-ass bitch, which is just not helpful in the situation. But, you know, Karen's adjusting Candace's weave. Then you see Monique is just not finished. She's like, you keep talking. She's like, you want you want somebody to hit you. And that I, 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 was and when we saw, horrifying. Uh, t- terrible. Like, you would think there'd be some kind of remorse, but there wasn't. She was ready to keep on going. That's why it freaked me out so much when she was trying to rip that door down to get back out. She was like a caged animal trying to get out of that room. And that poor producer was just like, no, no. Like, he wasn't even scared for his bloody life. Finally, she escapes. She goes down a different hallway. And this really freaked me out. As soon as she sees Candace, she runs full pelt toward her. That was... It was like a horror movie. You know, you see like buddy yeah. Jason in the mask coming for you in the shadows. It was horrifying. I I don't know. It's like what would have happened had the producers not intervened? Uh, I don't want to be like so judgmental of, of all of them. I, I don't know all of the things that led to this. But, you know, it just my first thought was like, did Monique grow up with violence? Like, did she experience a lot of violence in her home, at school? You know, someone who so easily turns to violence, who thinks they're being attacked when they're not, and is so calm after. Yeah. It just, that was sort of what shook me. Like, has she been hurt before? Like, why? You know, and I'm not, like, insinuating she's in an abusive relationship or anything like that. Just why... How does she get to this point and then not think it's abnormal? I think that's a really good point because what really shocked me after was the conversation her and her husband were having, like this whole conversation about this violent outburst, but she's just casually washing her child's hair in the sink. Like they're having this full-blown conversation, like talking about the acts of violence in front of their young child um, and still going about their business like it's like it's no big thing and that really screams out that this is kind of normalized in some way at least to her and she had she made some comment I don't remember what it was she said something about her her, something her mum would tell her about um oh oh yeah I I think like when it's like, oh, when someone attacks you, you like grab their hair and like don't let go. Step or on their foot. You foot. Yeah, yeah, just all this stuff. It was, and she did say, she said, I went straight back to childhood. That's what you she know? said. Like, so I, I was wondering, like, yes. was she in a lot of fights at school? Was she picked on? You know, what was it that like made her just go to this crazy place? Mm. And I don't want to like act as if no other housewives have anger issues or have violence issues. Like, you know, Danielle on New Jersey dragged Margaret's ponytail in a similar fashion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was painful to see and to, you know, see Margaret Mm. after. It was awful. I mean, we've seen fistfights. We've seen these women. But usually were able in all situations, even like Atlanta, all that stuff, you know, to kind of pull them apart. Although Nini yeah. did um, <laughs> like knock out a producer's teeth or a cameraman's. Sent uh, some guy to hospital. Yeah, yeah. That was rough stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this, it did have a, it did have a really serious feel about it, didn't it? And it had some kind, it had a feel like, 
like there was something deeper going on and obviously we don't know but um yeah I just think that the the way that she was able to talk about it like with this calm of a sociopath really freaked me out it was it was pretty wild and it was interesting to see her husband who was like that's embarrassing and she's like for who Mm. and he you can tell he's like you and just in general you know and then and how the reaction from candace was like you know as black women we can't do things like this we're held to a different standard and that is so true you know at Mm. least in american society it's that whole trope of an angry black woman, it's awful. And they shouldn't Mm. have to face all of that and speak for all black women, but they are a franchise of women of color. And, you know, they are going to be judged differently, I'm sure. And I don't, I hate that. Like, I don't necessarily think Monique needs to be fired or I don't know what the right answer is. It just made me concerned for her because she clearly has been involved in violence before. Yeah. Do you know if she is fine? If she is going to be fine? I have no idea. I know that a lot of the women didn't want to film with her after this. Um, and we'll right. see in the preview for next week. Um, she, you know, is saying, <laughs> well, so Giselle is so obnoxious. She's like, I don't feel safer. I can't be around you. And I have to protect Jamal and I's reputation, you know, because he's a pastor. And it's like, he has six or seven baby mamas. Like, please do not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> can say he's a man of god but he, you know like and what shocked me about that six or seven baby mamas was um i love how we're just saying baby mamas like it's a thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. well it was six or seven women not six or seven children i know so i mean like 40 kids running around out there so i've had two people on the podcast who've either gone to his church before or grew up around his church and there's been rumors for years that he had gotten multiple women in the congregation pregnant um which is just you know like cheating on giselle before during giselle after giselle you know, you could we'll, tell. Like, we'll talk I'm about that. Of, yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll, <laughs> we'll, get, there. we'll get there. But, um, you know, seeing everyone's reaction to the fight. And then, of course, you have um, Ashley and she was in the bathroom the whole time. And she comes back and is like, what happened? And that honestly is how I felt waking up Friday morning in the United States, mm-hmm. not knowing that Trump had had coronavirus. I woke up and I was like, what? <laughs> What did I miss? There's was like, there's what? A this wine wild. broken on the table. Yes, it was like everything is in shatters, and I was just like sleeping soundly. No, you know what? You got to sleep with one eye open in 2020. Oh, that is that is for sure. But Ashley, you know, kind of sort of takes Monique's side. It's like listening to her, and you know, later on, have you seen the mid-season trailer yet? No. So in the mid-season trailer, I think Ashley makes a statement on Monique's behalf for the lawsuit. But yeah, to get back at Candace is what's implied in the trailer. Who knows how it actually plays out? But she was not there. So I don't know if it was a statement of character, which is different than a, you know, witness statement. 
But oh man, Ashley is gonna step in it later. <laughs> later mm-hmm. with this, she should have just kept out of it. Like I think all the women that were not directly involved should like stay out of it at least in the immediate, yeah. you know, aftermath. Like let's see if we can get to a better place. Let's see if Monique is gonna show remorse and apologize. You know. Nice. Not that I would expect she, Candace to accept it. I wouldn't accept an apology from someone that had physically hurt me. Not right away. No, no. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think Monique is, I don't think she is remorseful. Well, that's what's so crazy. Is that yeah. I just, yeah, the whole thing is, is pretty wild. Um, so then you see all of the women reacting to what happened. And Wendy, you know, is talking about how, when she goes on TV and she's a political pundit, she, um, you know, is speaking up for people who don't normally get a voice or a seat at the table. And she's like, when I'm associated with this, when people see this happen, they'll think, okay, it gives a chance for them to say, that's why we don't give people like you a seat at the table. And that broke my heart. Because yeah. it's like, yeah. she's worked so hard to get to where she is. She has to work harder than everyone else. Because she's a black woman. She's an immigrant, you know, and I hate that that's her first thought. But I, it's true. I think I think that was the first thought of a lot of these women, you know, as soon as they got to safety, they had it, that just that moment of reflection of like, cause we see Giselle talking about it in the, in the um, previews as well. You know, she's saying we work so hard to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And she's just brought us back down all the way back down there to, you know, buy into this trope that you were speaking about earlier. And it's just, you know, like that, it's so upsetting. I can't imagine what that feels like, you know, and especially know. to have to to have to speak for all black women and to act for all black women. Like that's a huge responsibility to have on your shoulders, but they they do have it and you can see that when they speak about it like that. I know. Whereas it I'm must just be like exhausting. this is crazy housewives. I'm not going to hold it against yeah, you. Yeah. Um, like the things got out of control, you know, let's Let's move along, you know, but I I can see. And then, you know, Giselle, uh, then she takes her daughters to go to Atlanta uh, because Mm -hmm. their kids, her kids restaurant is reopening, whatever that means. (laughs) Was it already open? This restaurant is so ridiculous. (laughs) Who buys a restaurant for like teenagers and then expects them to be excited about it? Like we want Nicki Minaj tickets. (laughs) (laughs) And she, you know, it was talking about creating intergenerational wealth, you know, as black women and all of that. But restaurants don't make that much money. Like, it's not the most lucrative of businesses. You know, it's not Mm. real estate in a fancy part of town that just keeps, you know, going up and up and up. So I wasn't entirely sure where they came up with this idea. And then now with COVID, the restaurant's closed. So I'm just like watching this, like it's like breaking my heart. But the kids don't seem to be as into it. Um, And then (laughs) the producer asks Giselle during her confessional, how many kids does Jamal have? And she's like, I'm not going to speak on it out of respect to them and their mothers. And I'm just thinking, you speak on everyone else's infidelity. You speak on Michael, you speak on Monique, apparently, and her, you know, the word on the street. <laughs> it's like, Giselle, 
Giselle, you're not going to talk about Jamal? You even called him, pump, you know, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Pumpkin eater. And now you're not going to talk about it? I've been saying that. Every, like, I was sending my friend voice messages last night. I'm like, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. (laughs) (laughs) I just love how she says it. I like the mouth feel. Everybody do it with me now. (laughs) It's it's insane that now, I just never thought she would be back with him. You know, we've heard these rumors. Next season, they'll be done, and she'll be really pissed off, and she'll be spewing, you know, hate about how many children he has and how many women in the congregation he slept with this week, and it's going to be a whole thing. You just wait. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely an interesting and volatile relationship, but it makes me sad that her girls are like, dad's not like a good dude. He's not a good, he's our dad, but he's not a good dude for you. You know, it's really concerning, isn't it? That's the hardest part. If the kids were like yeah. okay with it, then whatever. But they clearly are like, and it's also clearly that it's like she's settling. Mm-hmm. She's so clearly settling, and the dad, like the dad, broke my heart. You know, the I first know. time when she told him, it was kind of like he was shocked, and he's like, "Well, I'm being filmed. Like, I'm just gonna act like it's cool." But then later at the restaurant, he was just like, you know, he wanted his mic off. He's like, I'm done. This is not a good move for her. And that's when we find out that he's got six or seven baby mamas, not babies. It was, that was so shocking. So I had thought that she had told him before this because, I mean, why would she go to a restaurant opening? Like he got this for his kids and then they invite Giselle's dad and he's going to be there. And Giselle's dad hadn't been around him, you know, in years, maybe more than a decade, you know, and come to the wedding. Like the first we, time around, he didn't think yes, it was a good idea. I forgot about that. That is like, insane. This has been going on a that long is a time. serious, serious thing to do for a parent not to go to their yeah. own child's <laughs> wedding. They think it's which that means, bad. But which means it was that bad before they even got married. Yeah. Like, why marry this dude? Oh, pumpkin eater. <laughs> It's insane. ridiculous. Oh, so she, you know, tells, you know, her dad they're back together. And, um, yeah, he says, you know, out of respect to you and, you know, I want you to be happy and, you know. And then she forces him later in the episode and um, Jamal to be at the same booth together. And you can tell Jamal is uncomfortable and her dad mm. is uncomfortable. And she's just kind of like, we're going to make this work for the cameras. I'm going to have a storyline about how my dad accepts my boyfriend, who is also my ex-husband, who has also cheated on me numerous times with congregants. <laughs> like, I'm going to make it work. And so you can tell her dad's like, I get it. This is how you make your money. You ha- you're on this show. I'll say what you want me to say. So he says it all and goes away. You know, and then the producers and he's like, I need to get this off. Take this mic off. And I wrote it down and he wrote, this is not a good move for her. You know, this guy's got six, seven baby mamas, you know. Um, It's like, do you want to deal with that again? No. And he's like, as a father, you think twice about that kind of stuff. But hot mic moment. I mean. Great. (laughs) Great TV. Incredible television. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with him. I agree with Dad, Daddy Giselle. It's not a good move. Back away slowly. But it's like, how? What? 
what must it feel like for Giselle if her friends don't really support it, if her children don't support it, if her father doesn't support it? Yeah. True. Oh, that's a lot. (laughs) What else happened? It's a lot. Um, Oh, the situation with Karen. So she um, raised not into therapy or doing couples therapy. So she invites this radio host, Angela from pillow talk over and they talk about their relationship. And she asks Ray, are you in love with Karen? And Ray answers, I think I am. After 23 years of marriage, 23 years that broke my fucking heart. And she, you know, similar to Giselle's dad, she held it together as long as she could. But this was a huge shock for her. You know, he hasn't been saying, I love you. Like, we see it again and again. Okay, okay, okay. Bitch, those aren't the three words, Ray. I just think that is so mean. Like, you can't, I mean, if you cannot tell your wife of 23 years that you love her, you're a garbage person. It just broke my heart for her. And I just, she deserves more. Well, because she's not cooking you dinner every night. Right. And it was like in love. And that is Yeah. Oh, it was it was so painful to watch. And this woman, yeah. Karen, stayed with him. He messed up their finances. He got in trouble with the law, with the IRS, and she stood by him. I mean yeah, she and really protected him. and protected him. And and now oh, I just just because she has a little bit of success and he wants to retire, you know, he's he's at a different age. He wants to calm down and chill out more, and he wants her to be, you know, by his side. I guess just sitting on the porch with it with him. But yeah, she's in a she's in a new phase of her life. She's still young. She's still got shit to do, and she's having fun. Um, and she deserves that. You know, she's a new empty nester. She wants to keep, she's still got life in her that she wants to pursue and, and hit goals. And I mean, you want a man that is excited for you when you do things yeah. like that, when you have achievements, when you make your dreams come true. And he just isn't. I don't know if it's jealousy. I don't know if it's just that he wants her with him, that he, that he pictured a different life, probably all of these things. Who knows? I mean, he's but, also two decades older than her, and it sounded like yeah. he's ready to retire to Florida. Like, maybe mm. he's tired of the weather in Maryland and, you know, just whatever, wants to be golfing or who knows what the hell he wants to do. I mean, Chris Murphy, who I had on a few weeks ago, said he thinks Ray just wants to take a nap. He's just tired. Yeah. And if you fed him and let him nap, he would be a lot happier instead of having all these camera crews in his house and, you know, forcing him to go along with all of this. But come on, this is the love of your life and this is what she's doing and she's bringing in a good paycheck and people love her. Yeah. I mean, you can take, like, take, take a nap in your own time, mate. Like, I've had enough naps in my days. Granted, I'm single and I don't have any children. <laughs> 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 and you're oh, in the middle of lockdown, you know, like, come on. But what else uh, am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, he has time to nap. He doesn't, I don't think he works anymore, does he? He, he is retired. no idea what he does. They never discuss what he does anymore. Like, it's very, 
just an area they don't talk about. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I, I'm worried. I'm worried about them. I've seen her hyperventilating and, oh. you know, like I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And like getting her it mic It reminded off. me of when her her mom passed away mm-hmm. as well. And I think, didn't her dad pass away that same year? Yeah, that they passed horrific. within and a few months her- of each other. We saw her at the reunion kind of like, cause she is one of those people that holds it together in a way that you can't see any of the cracks. You know, there must be cracks, but you can't see them at all. And then she will break like we saw in this last episode. And it is heartbreaking. I just wanted, like, I wanted to give her a hug. I love Karen so much. Me I wanted too. to be her best friend. Oh, and then Ashley asks Michael for a post-nuptial agreement. Michael. I mean, <laughs> okay, so as an Australian, what are your thoughts on him, you know, representing Australian men? Well, it's very upsetting, but <laughs> <clears throat> I will say this. I don't hold Australian men to a very high standard. I've been single for many a year because <laughs> I don't want to date an Australian man. <laughs> I'm not saying my- Michael represents Australia. But maybe he does represent Australian men. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not attracted to them. I'm not interested. If I'm, if I do decide to date, it'll probably be some beautiful European. Um, so you know what? Maybe he is a good representation. Sadly, he is scum of the earth, and I don't know why Ashley let him impregnate her once, let alone twice. It's a disaster, and it's a mistake. And look, I don't want to talk ill of anyone's babies, but baby Dean is a choice. The whole thing he's got going. (laughs) So mean. I think he is cute in his own weird way, you know, but. You do not. People keep coming to me and telling me they think he's cute or that he's growing on them. You're all liars. That baby (laughs) Baby so is mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, mean, he will he'll grow into it, I'm sure. It's just but, you know. so shocking to see Ashley, who's so beautiful oh. and interesting and you know, to be with a man who is such a scumbag and gross to look at and not nice and gaslights everyone around them. You know, he grabbed that cameraman's ass and then he's like, I didn't. I, you know, and it's like, come on. You did. All these people saw you. You know, you you talk about other men. You talk about other women. You just, (sighs) something's off. And she says, you know, she isn't afraid to leave him. But why did she say? Why? Like, I just really, I remember when she first got pregnant. I just thought, oh, that's so sad. Because she should have left him in the first season we saw them. I remember thinking, what is this relationship? Like, leave this He was guy. so controlling of her and like. Yeah. Yeah. And once you have a child, let alone two, it's much more difficult. So, I don't know. I think they're in it now. They're well and truly bloody in it. But they obviously have an unconventional relationship. I think there's more to it than what she's disclosing. I think so, too. Um, I think it is open in some ways. 
because uh, I don't know if I found out on TV that my husband was cheating on me. I mean, I would go full Monique. Like I would lose it. You could not control me. And yes, she is very like, she is able to control her emotions. That's one thing about Ashley that really is disconcerting to me. But I think there is something more. Um, they maybe have some kind of understanding of their openness. But he, aside from all of that, he's a dick. That's like, what it comes down not, to. He's a bad person. Uh, he's not person. sexy. Mm-hmm. He's not a good guy. He's not kind. He's not a good father, really. Like, we don't see him loving of his child or excited to hang out with his kid. Like, even if you have an open relationship, even if all of your needs are being met, he's just a bad dude. Yeah. I think they probably had some sort of whatever the way their relationship used to be. And then maybe it changed, you know, and that yeah. that is something I think a lot of couples go through where they change the status of their relationship kind of throughout. Maybe when they're younger, they're okay with it being more open. But when kids are in the picture, maybe they're a little less comfortable. And maybe she's, Mm -hmm. you know, not feeling confident in her body after having kids. And that makes her even more feel more vulnerable and less confident. And uh. yeah, and this is a thing that really annoyed me as well. He said something that implied that it like, I know they're not having sex, like she's got her like a vagina torn from uh, asshole to, you know, wherever. Like there's a lot going on downstairs. She doesn't want you up in her grill. But aside from that, like he said something about she represents like love and babies and comfort. And it's not really that he's like, she's not as sexy to him anymore. And I'm just like, this is so fucking typical of men that as soon as your woman... Your woman becomes a mother. You see them as like nurturing. You see them as motherly. It, the, you see the, them breastfeed even, and then the boobs don't look yes. the same. And it's like, get over yourself. And there's like a warmth. And it's not that you're not, you don't love them, but it's you don't want to jump their bones. It's more of a comfort. It's more of a, a home, a nurturing. You can't have both, mate. You can't like have your beautiful, loving, nurturing woman just waiting at home for you and go out and get your rocks off with a stripper. You just can't. I mean, it's very annoying to me. Yeah. Australian men. (laughs) (laughs) Do not trust them. (laughs) Oh, Michael's just, you know, he is a choice. And we all know that Ashley has issues with her father and they don't speak. And, you know, I feel like there's some sort of daddy issues yeah. going on there. It's just so, the most mm-hmm. obvious case of it. But instead mm-hmm. of being like Erica Jane, who finds a nice dad or grandpa, you know, who's nice at dad. least kind and has a lot of money and, Supportive. you know, supports you. And, you yeah. know, like she finds this jerk, total asshole. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not good. I yeah. I I want more for her. She's still young. She's stunning. Just move on up, girl. Move on out and move on up. Yeah. Um. Did you happen to catch the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City extended trailer? I did. I'm excited for this. I I am too. I'm yeah. I'm pumped. I think it's gonna be really different vibe to anything else we're used to. 
I am ready for a different vibe. There's women Mm -hmm. of different religions, of different ethnicities, different races. They talk about it. It's like (laughs) groundbreaking. (laughs) I I, I, I am who would have thought. (laughs) And that woman that Mary, who's married to her step-grandfather, I mean, that is wild. What is happening? And they talk, just like, (laughs) what is that quote on the ad? They're like, no, she slept with her grandpa. Like she fucked her grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so God. wild. And they're like, what people don't know about Salt Lake City is there's a lot brewing under the aura of perfection. And I'm like, yes, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was worried when I first heard Salt Lake City because I thought, oh, it's just you know, they said, oh, be a good Mormon. You can't swear. You can't drink. Your body is a temple. And then we see them, like, screaming and, you know, making insane comments, name calling, getting wild. I'm like, yes, I'm here for this. Infidelity. There was that couple mm-hmm. and the kid was talking to them about, like, having his room underneath and was like, so if you guys yeah. are going to have sex, I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? Yikes. So I am here for Salt Lake City. November 11th, it starts. Yes. Because my, right after my birthday. So I'm like, yes, this is my little gift to myself. <laughs> it is. It's just for you. Are you going to watch The O.C. this year? You know what? I am. And shamefully, I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't heard this take yet. Tell me. <laughs> I... <laughs> the only person who's looking forward to watching these horrible Trumpians. I just, I don't know. I'm excited to see what it's like without the heaviness of Tamara and Vicky. Yeah. And now that we've kind of um, gotten to know Emily and Gina a little bit more, um, despite what we've just learned about Emily um, and QAnon, but I just, I, I, I like them and... This new girl seems completely insane. Like she's already defending Ke- Kelly, um, yeah. who is like, like an anti-mask masker. <clears throat> and to defend Kelly right now when you know, 200,000 people have died is so crazy that I just, I'm, I'm excited to see what she has to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the craziness, I guess, is, is where I'm coming from. Um, and I I find OC, as terrible as it has been, I find comfort in it just because it's always been there for me. <laughs> now, that's a fair take. You know, it's the first one. It's, yeah. nev- you know, it's it's wavered a little, but it's always been there. You know? It's always been there. You know, it's a constant in my life. I am interested in seeing Bronwyn's storyline because there are rumors that her Mm. and her husband have split. And they've split before, you know? She left him and moved to Hawaii or something like that with the kids. (laughs) I don't remember if I remember that correctly. But there's a lot more to them than, you know, I think even how they portrayed themselves initially as a couple that was very open to things. I feel like there's more there. And I also am interested in her kids 
and, you know, her son that's in drag. And I think that's cool to show, especially on the OC, because mm. all these other yeah. women are just so conservative. And then she's been really outspoken about Black Lives Matter. And that'll be interesting to watch, kind of, uh, or yeah. maybe terrifying. I, mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't particularly like her. Um, although I don't really particularly like anyone in the, in the OC cast. <laughs> yeah. But I fair. saw a photo of her recently and she just looked like, she looked totally different. I don't know if it was makeup or what, but she looked like Jenny McCarthy. Like, Has she had work done over the last, you know, since last season? She's looking insane. And that alone is exciting to me. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Do you know, when does that come out? That is, I believe, this coming Wednesday. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> and then we had to say bye to New York, which is one of my favorite franchises. I mean, yeah. absolutely amazing to see them on The Secrets Revealed. This is what a Secrets Revealed should be. It was all yes. the hilarious, the bloopers, the most ridiculous things that didn't really fit into any story, but were so fun to watch. Whereas the Beverly Hills Secrets Revealed was like, that's the show I want to see. You know? Mm. This one, I was like, oh, this is like the after the end. You know? Yeah, it was fun. I thought it was going to be really bad at first when they started doing these questions and answer things and kind of like a game show, but it was fun. It kept it like high energy. I was into it. Um, you know, we got this extra look of Leah's where she's wearing that like Diamante sex choker <laughs> and has this terrible blonde bangs. And it was, you know, it was a lot. But, um, you know, things like that really are really fun and exciting. And you're like, okay, hello, something strange going on here. I like that shit. There was, there was just a lot of, yeah, like you say, like extra fun kind of blooper stuff. It was so funny. Like when they did, you know, Leah's yelling at Ramona and then they're like, what happens next? What happens next? <laughs> and you're like, all of these things are plausible. You know, yeah, and then Ramona yeah. and Sonia crawl under the table. That was insane. I While Ramona's <laughs> whispering, where's her decorum? Like, you are sitting <laughs> on the dirt, giggling with your friend right now, like a 14-year-old. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, the stuff about Dorinda and Dr. Phil. Of course she has sex dreams about Dr. Phil. Okay. I have to say, I get it. Though. What? I, I do get it. <laughs> Kirsty, what am I the only? Do I just not see him? No, I think it is odd. But I saw him live once. He came to Australia and met my friend. I scored a free ticket, and honestly, I was probably twenty, and my eyes were just like love heart eye emojis. I just fell for him in that moment. It was very much like a like a Ashley Darby Michael connection where it's like this is my father and I love him (laughs) (laughs) which is weird when I say can relate to the sex dream but you know like it's there was it's a weird blurred line situation you know this year (laughs) has taken a a number a toll on all of us (laughs) but if you thought this from well before then I don't know where to go no, no, yeah, it's, this was a, it's a, just so funny because when Dorinda said that, 
I was like, oh, I can see her being with a Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. Like, is he mm-hmm. married? Yeah. Like, could we make yes, that happen? He's very much. No, he's Robin. He's been with Robin for about 30 years. How dare you? Oh, ooh. clearly I don't know much about Dr. Phil. <laughs> Do you want your research on Dr. Phil? I'm like, is he a real doctor? Is he one of those people just going on and giving advice but doesn't actually have I don't credentials? Think he's a real doctor anymore. Yeah. He, was, uh, he is a clinical, he was a clinical psychologist, but he, I'm pretty sure that lapsed a while ago. Yeah. He didn't apply for his uh, licensure. He hasn't kept his CPA points up. <laughs> <laughs> this is so dorky. Oh, um, when we, oh, we hear about Tinsley going after men that aren't good for her, good marriage material. And then that was so funny when Ramona calls Bruce Bryan. So, and then Sonia says, men in Chicago poop in front of you. <laughs> that is just hilarious Sonia. that she has this idea that like men outside of Manhattan must just do this. No, Sonia, that is only Jax Taylor. I was just going to say, oh, my God, Jack, <laughs> what a garbage human. I'm so upset that he's reproduced. I'm so upset. I just can't see it going well. And um, But, yeah, that fucking killed me. Sonia is a cracker. This, this whole concept of, uh, you know, men shitting in front of you, like that's <laughs> <laughs> something so that wild. happens in different cities, reviews on tattoos. She's sometimes she just comes out with this stuff, and I just think, God, I love you, you insane, insane bitch. <laughs> so funny. Um, and then I think my favorite part of the whole secrets revealed was the number the, them showing these men trying to serve them drinks. Like it was like Jacob who just wants to pour water, and you oh my see God. how long he's standing there trying to His pour water. Face. <laughs> and he's trying just... to be serious. And at the end, he's just like, looks at the camera and he's just like, well, I don't don't know know what to do with these women. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm just standing here. (laughs) But that's what I love about New York is like, they're just, the banter is insane. And that's why I'm glad they're not getting rid of too many of the housewives because they have this unique chemistry that you don't see on all of the shows where they just... I don't know. It's like magic when they're all together. It's either magic or it's absolutely horrifying. Which is also magical for the viewers. Yes, for sure. I, I My favorite part of this whole episode was um, Leah talking to Martin, her boxing trainer. And he, you expect him to just be like, you know, just kind of rough guy, which he is. He's like this Rocky Balboa character and he slurs his words because he's been punched in the head too many times. And she's just like, oh, telling um, telling him about how she swallowed the gum when Ramona told her off. And he's like, oh, you can't chew gum. What, were you just walking in there chewing gum? And all of a sudden, he's he's just like, oh, that's so déclassé. You you can't speak properly because you've been punched in the head 70 times. He's like, no, you can't be chewing gum. Oh, man. Martin. He was a joy this season. He was a highlight. (laughs) Such a highlight. There were so many highlights this season. I mean, during parts of it, I was overwhelmed at the drinking of these women, and it was tough to see. 
But that first few episodes with the tiki torches and the vibrator and the chicken was magical. Like that episode I've seen three or four times. I laughed so hard. I was like, this is wild that this even happened. (laughs) It really was beautiful. I mean, I'm so happy we have Leah. She brings an incredible new energy. And sad to say goodbye to Tinsley. I think it would have been good to see them together. I've survived without Bethany. And to be honest, I'm glad Dorinda is, is out. Um, she needs to take some time to heal. I don't know. I don't think we've seen the last of her. I reckon she'll be back. But she does need some time to, I don't know, just like go to therapy for a while. <laughs> yeah. Process her grief, which has been a long time coming. It has. But I'm so glad that there's more new Bravo programming because I just had this Mm -hmm. idea that Potomac was it and there wasn't going to be anything new. And I knew they had Salt Lake City, but I didn't know how good it was going to be. You know, now the OC is coming and yeah, that could be a dumpster fire, but you know, it's new television. We'll still be watching. (laughs) And, you know, there's going to be a new season of Below Deck. Though, of course, you hear about COVID during that. And then we're going to get Southern Charm. Yeah, I'm not into um, Below Deck or Southern Charm, although I tried to watch Southern Charm at the start. But I feel like now I've let it go too far. I mean, how many seasons are there? There's like seven or eight. Now, the first few seasons are really fascinating from like a sociological perspective you know, anthropological perspective. You know, I'm not from the South. Mm. They keep talking about all these things the way they are in the South. I don't know how much of it is true or it's just Mm. their weird universe of just very privileged, white, wealthy Southern people. But, um, you know, there's always this undercurrent of racism, you know, where they, and that was never addressed. It was was just bizarre. That's what I found really hard watching it the first couple, first season I think I watched, not even all of it. It just felt like these people are so openly misogynistic and racist and nobody's mentioning it. It made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think most outsiders or people who aren't from there could see that but you're like oh but the drama is so good and it's this you know thomas and and catherine and then you know slowly you're like i don't know this seems a little bit abusive like something's going on here you know but what i loved about the show was thomas ravenel running against lindsey graham for senator of south carolina and getting four percent of the vote (laughs) That oh was God. like he acted as if he was actually running a real campaign. He didn't act like it, but he, the way they talked about it as if it was a possibility. It's like you don't know shit it's about ridiculous. politics and know you were the state treasurer, but you lost your job when you got convicted of a felony for cocaine. So look, like, what makes you think? <laughs> what makes him think? Have you seen who's running your country? That's what makes him think. Fair, <laughs> fair. But this was all before that. Oh, wow. Okay. Pre, pre. Yeah, this was like more than six years ago. What a bold, bold move. Bold move to run for office and him. (laughs) It's like a tale of a mediocre white man. Like people used to be worried about what, if they were going into politics, what people could find out about them and what that could be dragged out of the closet. Like, you know, nobody gives a shit anymore. They're just like, 
if you're a guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If exactly. you're a woman, they'll find every last bitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh. But any uh, other reality yeah. shows that you've been getting deep into? Yeah, so on my show, I have been covering, I'm going to be, be covering Salt Lake City. I'm hoping to be getting some cast interviews. Everything has to go through the Bravo verse and, you know, be okayed by Andy Cohen or whoever. And um, so hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to do that. And um, yeah, I've started doing a lot more interviews with cast members. So I've been covering Married at First Sight Australia and recapping Married at First Sight New Orleans. I interviewed about half the cast of um, Maths AU. And so there's a lot of like extra goss coming through there. Wait, you call it Maths? Maths, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that that that, that was the hashtag. Married at First Sight. No, I... It's been a long week. <laughs> Look, it's, it's been a long year. It's been a long year. <laughs> I did a couple interviews with people from uh, 90 Day Fiance. Wait, who and... have you interviewed from 90 Day Fiance? Because I've gotten into that recently. Yeah. yeah, so Erica, the girl with like half purple, half pink hair. She's in before the 90 Days. Okay. Um, I've spoken to the two the two people that, that are from Australia. So she's one of them. And she had a girlfriend, Stephanie, um, who's an American. And Ash, uh, he's the Mauritius guy, but he lives in Australia. And he had a girlfriend, Avery, from America. So they were both really interesting interviews. All of this is in the back catalogue of my podcast, Reality TV and Me. And, um, yeah, I did. what else have I been up to? I'm just finishing covering um, Married at First Fight New Orleans at the moment, which is just cool. And then I'm excited to get into Salt Lake City when that starts. That's so exciting. I can't wait to hopefully have you hear your interviews with these mm-hmm. women because they are very interesting. You know, reading their Very cast bios, like there's a woman yeah. who's like, oh, I'm um, Jewish by ethnicity, but Mormon by choice. I'm like, how yeah. did that happen? <laughs> As a Jew, it just seems kind of yeah. out there, you know, but how would you marry your step grandpa? That also seems out there. What <laughs> <laughs> would drive someone to do that? <laughs> huh. Okay, let's see how this all unfolds. Uh- Yay, we'll be watching. <laughs> so, Kirsty, tell everyone where they can find you and your podcast and you on social media. So my new favorite thing that I've just launched, I have always had a Facebook page, but I've just launched launched a Facebook group for Reality TV and Me. I think it's just Facebook slash group slash Reality TV and Me. But if you just Google it in the search thing, it comes up. So that's been really fun because I just launched that a week ago there's a few hundred people in there. We just talk about our favorite shit shows. It's much more interactive than just having a, a Facebook page. And look, it's early days and I spend most of my life on there because as discussed, I'm in very heavy duty lockdown. Um, but that's a lot of fun. So definitely join the group. And I'm on Instagram at Reality TV and Me. And I'm on Twitter at, at She's Pernicious because I couldn't get the hashtag, the handle that I wanted. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, once you get that, you know, those interviews with the Salt Lake City women, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to buy that. Hopefully I'll be able to. (laughs) (laughs) 
because we know that podcasting makes that good money. Yeah, that does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so you can find all of the episodes um, on Apple or Spotify and also on my website, which is just at kirstenmore.com.au. But there you go. Enjoy. Thank you so much for being on and just for giving your perspective on everything. And Oh, it's been Fun. It's always so fun talking to you and catching up. And look, this is my favorite topic. So anytime. Well, if I need to leave the country, hopefully we can get married and I can seek asylum mm-hmm. in Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That is going to be the plan. Come on down. Come down under. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have a good one. also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.